What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, folks. Welcome to another episode of Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. And tonight I am here with Monk. You may know him from Alt-1017. And we're starting a a new series here. It's going to be called Untapped in Vinyl, and so it's going to be a beer review on top of just some of the latest vinyls, and tonight we're going to be specifically focusing on Alabama bands, maybe. But anyway, here to introduce Monk, and he has been DJing for some time, so man, just how did you get into radio? Oh my goodness. First off, this is I've, ne- I've interviewed probably 400 people. I've never been interviewed before. It's kind of <laughs> crazy. I feel like, I mean, are you, are you offering uh, some work? Some pay in there? I don't know. How did I get into radio? Been in it for a great long while now. I mean, shit, I've probably been doing radio longer than you've been alive. Because I've been doing it 29 years. Yeah, I'm 28. Yeah, yeah, so shit, you were, you were one. Yeah. <laughs> or no, no, I started no, I the was, year before you were born. Yeah. I was in the womb. Yeah, so yeah, I started about like 89 or 90. There's a radio station here in Columbus called WMUW on the W campus. And my friend, he was a year older than me, and we used to sit around just listen to music all the time. Right. Back before Nirvana kind of bust open the uh, the, the heart of, of music and, and this whole grunge thing started, you know, I mean, to us, it was just kind of, um, it was a more rock and punk rock, you know, we didn't consider it grunge or whatever. But uh, to get back to the radio, we used to sit around and we would listen to all of this different music. I had older cousins that um, had introduced me to a lot of stuff. So I had a lot of cassettes, a lot of stuff recorded, so... Mm-hmm. I just, uh, you know, we would sit around listen to music, and one day he's a year older than me, so he starts at the W, and he gets a job at the radio station. Wow! And um, one Saturday he's like, "Hey man, you ought to come up and do my radio show with me." And I'm like, "Well, okay. I'd never, I've never been in a radio station before, you know, no desire to ever be in radio, anything, you right. know. I'd listen to radio, but I mean." There was a show years ago when I was a kid called Dr. Demento. It's kind of where people like Weird Al Yankovic and these people who do these parody songs and stuff mm-hmm. where they got their start. I used to listen to that every Saturday night, laying in the bed on my way to sleep. But up past that, I didn't really know anybody in radio. Right. So I went up there Saturday morning. I think the show was like 9 till, till uh, or 10 till 11 or 10 till noon, something like that. It was a two-hour show, so it was like 10 till noon. I walk in, and Scott's not there. And I'm like, okay. And I walk in, the guy goes, oh, hey, um, Scott, uh, you're, here, you're here with Scott? And I said, yeah. He goes, well, Scott called and said he was sick. He wants me to show you what to do. Oh, gosh. Literally, here I am, 16 years old, standing in a radio station going, what? You know, and this was back before we had CD players in the radio station. Yeah, okay. So dude literally showed me what everything on the board did. And then he put a record on, did his last break, and he walked out the room. So within about 10 minutes... Here I am with a record spinning that's going to end. So this is a little and I'm like, disc jockey. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? What? So I did it. I mean, I somehow I pulled it together. I mean, I don't know how it sounded. I you know, couldn't record your shows back then. I guess you were ways, but yeah. I didn't know how to, man. So that's pretty much, I mean, I went an hour and 45 minutes and didn't open the microphone. You know, this was back when college radio before, when there were still public radio stations. So anybody could walk in off the streets mm-hmm. and have their way with whatever music you know we just cool selection of vinyl you know i was playing stuff from like 
Because I was a punk rocker, you yeah, know. I was, so I was playing ask you like about that. So, like, how much freedom did you have? It, it whatever, whatever you wanted to. Every uh, album on the back of it had a little, um, like, a little label that said NAQ, which stood for not air quality, but we always said nasty ass quotations. Mm-hmm. And then it would have the tracks listed that were NAQ that mm-hmm. you couldn't play. So as long as you didn't play any of those tracks, you were good to go. Okay. So I mean, I was playing Dead Kennedys and Government Cheese and Lard and all these crazy yeah. bands. Man, I was loving it. I mean, yeah. I. Who knows? I mean, what I played, I don't remember exactly, but I did continue on with a shift on that radio station for about two years before I started in in uh, normal radio, working uh, in Starkville for uh, working overnights for a classic rock station, and that right there. I mean, you want to know what people? I mean, you work in three o'clock in the morning, classic rock station in Starkville, Mississippi. You get some crazy phone calls. So. I bet. I bet you do. So it's just continued on from there. I mean. I didn't really go into it with a with a <clears throat> a love for radio, but I mean it quickly took over. Sure. Because I mean, hopefully after 29 years, I'm still good at it, you know, or, or I've gotten better at it. Well, yeah, man. I, I remember like when I first moved back. I, I remember all the I had been moved to Mobile for six years, and I come back and I'm plugging into the old radio stations I used to listen to, and I turn it over to 1017 in the morning one morning for work. Yeah. And um, when, did, when did you start at 1017? Um, whenever they went on the air, because um, we were a pop station. Uh, it yeah, was, I remember. Yeah. It, was, uh, was it, it was Star 1017. Right, it was Star. And then they flipped, uh, switched gears. Um, for So let me explain my story. When I got to Tuscaloosa back in um, early 2000s, we flipped the classic rock station over to an alternative, because I was working here in Columbus at 99.9 The Fox, a classic mm-hmm. rock station. So we moved to Tuscaloosa. I moved to Tuscaloosa with a friend of mine, and we started this uh, this alternative station, Z one hundred point five. Some of the best times I've ever had in my entire career. For about three years, we were on the air. Four years, we were technically a Birmingham station, even though we were based out of Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. Shows constantly, meeting all the artists. I mean, really cool. Then I just got kind of when that station got bought out and went away, I kind of got lost in the mix. Ended up on country radio, contemporary country radio, okay. not outlaw country radio, which is where I would probably yeah. feel a little more comfortable. But um, sure. but but I'm not going to take anything away from from my years of experience that I that I got in working country radio. I did it for 11 years running um, the Bear over in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, which is. One of the better country stations. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I mean, I got to meet all the artists. You know, I went to the movies with Brad Paisley. I uh, sat on a Airstream trailer with Miranda Lambert and drank. She played bartender and fixed us drinks and stuff. I mean, we did some really cool yeah, things, really you know, but, experience. but, um, but when, when, uh, Alt 1017 went on the air, it was just like a breath of fresh air. It's like, this is what I've needed. I need to, to clear my head. And this is what Tuscaloosa needed as well. And now we're bleeding over into Columbus. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, we're, we got our reach is, is huge. It really is. And that, that was the thing is like when I moved back from Mobile and was plugging in the radio stations, I just wanted to see what was going on. Yeah. Because like anytime I'd move back, I'd click it over to the Fox, 999. Yeah. I'm familiar with Big John and everybody, mm-hmm. all the yeah. guys there. Yeah. Love the guys. And I know the set list. It's, it's, it feels like home. Mm-hmm. And then flip it over to 1017, and then you flip it over to 941, just seeing what the station, are they doing anything new? Yeah. And then nine, uh, 1017 one morning. Flip it over to 1017. It's alternative. Man. <laughs> yeah. And I got, you got Monk on the radio, and I was like, yeah. they're playing some bangers, man. I was like, this is alternative. And I was like, I remember when it was pop. Yep. And I, I was like, Shh. It happened overnight, man. It's uh, it, it's exciting. I mean, it's exciting too. The feedback that we've gotten off the radio station. Um, we were taking a drive to Atlanta, and the guy we were uh, we were going to see Al City. I'm not a fan. I wouldn't. I was familiar. Al with City. Like, yeah, they had the Butterfly song or whatever. That was the or, song I was familiar with. Yeah. Okay. And so he was like, "You want to go see Fireflies? That's it. Fireflies. Fireflies. Yeah, yeah. Fireflies. I like that song, but yeah. I've never heard anything. That else. was all I knew by then. Okay. <laughs> and so he's like, "You want to go to Atlanta to see the show?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll go." And on the way up there, I shared my music. Yeah. And on the way back, he was sharing his, and then he was sharing a lot of the music that come off 1017. I was like, what radio station you listen to? <laughs> he was like, oh, 1017. I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, you know, they recently changed. And I was like, I know. And he was like, they used to be a lot more pop. And I was like, yeah. Yep. And he was like, I don't know how I feel about it, but I'm kind of stuck on it. And I was like, it's a good change, brother. Yeah, it's a good thing. Oh, definitely. Because like, if you look at alternative, and like, you can correct me here, but like, all the meaning of alternative, and I think it happened with Cobain, and you might can correct me here too, was like, alternative was something that wasn't on the radio. 
No. It's, it's alternative to the radio. Exactly. It's an alternative to the norm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's really cool, too, to see that, that the alternative radio stations are kind of popping back up. And, you know, I don't mean any disrespect for, 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 for Brandon Flowers and the Killers and what they do because they're a great band. But sure. when the Killers came out in the mm-hmm. early 2000s, all of the record labels started to sign bands that sounded like the Killers. And it kind of... Over um, saturated, oversaturated, or kind of did a surge into the format, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of them just—I mean, it was the same old it really stuff, out. yeah, over and over. So a lot of the alternative radio stations in the uh, in the the 2000s started going away, and so it's good to see this resurgence resurgence now because I've always said, like for me growing up, I mean, I was 16, 17 years old in 91, mm-hmm. 92. You know, I went to Lollapalooza one and two or two and three. I mean, yeah. before it was, that was when it was touring, yeah. before it was stuck in one spot, you sure. know, seeing a lot of great bands. So to me, before now, music has never sounded as good as it did when I was 17, 18 years old, because it was, everything was so fresh and so new. Mm-hmm. And granted, my crew, I mean, we were the ones wearing combat boots and flannel shirts before grunge became the thing. You yeah. know, 89, you know, 88, I was wearing that stuff, you know, we were listening to Green River and well, maybe I'm um, pushing on to like 89, 90. <clears throat> But by the time I started at the radio station, that's the stuff I was kind of into, you know? Mm. Soundgarden was kind of coming along, you know, with the, the Screaming Life Fop record, you know? And, okay. and um, Nirvana's Bleach and stuff like that before Nevermind. But it was really cool. I can, I can remember the moment, and it's kind of cool because I think everybody in history has like that, um, that moment that they remember. Like my, my parents remember when Elvis died or when, when Kennedy was shot. I remember the first time I saw Smells Like Teen Spirit on television. It was a world premiere on 100, I think it was 120 minutes on MTV because I didn't have cable at my house, but my friend, he had cable at his and we were sitting around. It was our whole band. We had a band at the time called Nothing. That was the name of the band. (laughs) Not like we didn't have a name of the band, but uh, we were all sitting around and um, this song came on and Jim Bob was our guitar player. He's the only one that had a vehicle at the time. So the next day, we got up and we drove to Camelot Music right here in Columbus, and he bought the Nevermind uh, cassette, and we went back and we learned it, and within like half hour, we were playing the song, and it was so amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, music has never sounded that good until now. I think you know, with the alternative stations, I'm gonna try to go back around to what we originally started talking about, but I think that you know the alternative format coming back is due to the fact that there are so many bands out there that are doing such good things. There's so many indie labels and even major labels putting out this good quality stuff. You know, these bands fighting their ass off and self-releasing their stuff. And I think the advent of social media has yes. helped that a whole lot, Yeah, you know, to get people out there and you've got your, your avenues of, you know, Spotify and, and Sirius and all that stuff like that. But you know, now you've got radio stations that you can listen to that feature your hometown people you know, that can talk about the weather and they stop at the same same stoplights as you do, you know. Right. They kind of bring it all home and, and mm-hmm. make it make sense. So And just with that, man, just to start plugging this, you can get the Alt one oh one seven app, even if you're not local here in this area and you can listen to Alt one oh one seven at any time. But the main thing I wanted to talk about right here where we're at is uh your Saturday night. Yes. Indies only. Indies only. Yes. And so guys, you gotta check this out. And so when we go back to saying like alternative is things that won't be heard on your radio, like Jet had this song, it's called Radio Song years ago. It said this song won't be played on your radio, and it was called Radio Song. And so this is like indies only to me. It's like when I turn on the radio on Saturday nights, here we go. Yeah, yeah. It, it's exciting, man. And this is actually the second version of Indies Only. I did the first one back in like 2003 to 2005. <clears throat> on Z100, the station I mentioned earlier. So it was really cool and I had a chance to bring it back because I followed that when that show went away. I followed that with a website mm-hmm. called Independence Only. And that's basically what I covered was all of this indie music, you know? And so now that we're back on the air with this thing, it's three hours of unsigned independent artists, nothing else. No major label stuff. Mm-hmm. Every now and again, I'll get little over-anxious listening to music and the emails and I'll miss one that's on a major label. It'll get played one time when I realize it. I'm like, oh, dang, I really like that song, but I'm not going to be able to play it anymore because it's right. not an indie song. But but I think I've gotten a little better at that. But there's so much new music out there and you got so many bands. You know, you've got um, some of my favorite records of 2018, definitely independent stuff like Swearing, the new one from Lucero. I mean, of course, 
Yeah, just so I mean, let's just go ahead. Let's just my my a whole band full of man crushes for me. I mean, the new Lucero record, Among the Ghosts, the new Swearing record, the new Snail Mail stuff. You know, I mean, there's so much exciting music out there right now. Father John Misty. I mean, it just I can keep going. New Sunvolt. I'm actually going to be playing this Saturday, which I don't know when this. This is going to go up, but It'll probably, up. but I'm going to be playing a Sunvolt for a while. So if you like Sunvolt, yeah. that new Jay Farrar thing is just, it's so good. Yeah. It's so refreshing. You know, I love doing it. It's a passion for me. Yeah. I don't, I mean, and you know, I do it kind of extra on the side. This is just like something they said, Hey, you can do this if you want to. And I'm like, well, heck yeah. yeah I'm gonna do you ain't going to pay me no more money. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. I, I just want to be able to bring this to people, you know, and this response we've got off of it has been amazing. So, so how do you find some of that music? Um, well, I tell you what, I mean, honestly, being a radio guy and I don't know how many of my radio family are listening, but I mean, when you get to, to whatever avenue you listen to music, if it's not, um, if it's not terrestrial radio, I mean, if, whether you listen to Spotify or Pandora or whatever avenue you listen to, go to the artist radio. Like if you say, if like me, like I like say Lord Huron, Lord Huron. Yeah. You just go and go to their artist radio and listen to some of the stuff that comes up. You find so much new music there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, go to Jason Isbell radio or St. Paul and the Broken yeah. Bones you, radio, whatever, yeah. you know. Jason Isbell, you're going to find a lot of Americana down that avenue. Yep, yep. I mean, a lot of stuff I've never heard of. I mean, and I've been in the music business for 29 years mm-hmm. now, you know. Um, and it's just, it's, I keep saying the word exciting, but it's very exciting. <laughs> it is. And this is something I, I talked about with Kobe on a couple episodes back. With where we are right now, with just... Like with what we have set up here. Yeah. Like me and you could literally sit down and write a song right now. We could play it. We could record it. We could put it on iTunes. Sure. And so as far as like just being indie, it's a great time for it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there, there's so many avenues for yeah. it. Like we talked social about with media, social media. YouTube. Or, I, mean, I mean, there I mean, are bands however. now. If you notice, you can go and search around for the bands. You're not going to find a website. You're going to find a Facebook page. You're going to find a Twitter mm-hmm. feed, an Instagram feed. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're using other means. And you don't have to pay for those. Those are free and open yeah. to everybody. You can yeah. put your music up on some of them, you know? Mm-hmm. And all right, so since we're both Alabama boys, man, let's, um, let's talk about what's going on in Alabama here. And we were talking about how easy it is for music to get out. And these bands are definitely getting out. Let's start with Alabama Shakes. Alabama Shakes, I mean... They definitely took advantage of the social media thing and got their name out there because, I mean, I recall, this is one of the coolest stories I got, and I thank my buddy Bo Hicks from Druid City Brewing Company for this one because he used to put together this little thing called the the, the Booze Cruise. Yeah. And what he used to do is would have the Bama Bell, which is a, a riverboat that runs along the Black Warrior. He would have bands and put them on there. I mean, Lee Baines, I'm sorry, not Lee Baines, um, Model Citizen was one of the bands. Mm -hmm. And one time he had this band called The Shakes. And I was like, okay, I'll go. It's, you know, you you get on there and you get you some beer and you just listen to music going down to Black Warrior. So I'm thinking that's really cool. It's a good time. Well, I'm standing there right next to the the guitar player and this band blows me away. When they're done, I, I get a chance to walk to the back of the boat. The band comes back to the back of the boat. We stand there and we talk, me and Brittany and and everybody else and I'm just amazed and they're like yeah we're going to have to change our name because there are so many bands called the Shakes right now and I'm thinking really huh I said I guess the Shakes is a cool name Yeah. but next thing you know Alabama Shakes was a thing and they're huge and she's on stage with Aretha Franklin and it's just I mean it was crazy but one of the coolest moments in my career and I've had a lot of them and I think again Bo for this he used to do a little uh, charity thing. He did it for two or three years mm-hmm. called the Tuscaloosa Get Up. Yeah. Well, he had it one year. He asked me to be one of the MCs for the evening. It was uh, Doc Daly and Magnolia Devil, followed by St. Paul and the Broken Bones, followed by Alabama Shakes. And I've got the poster there on my <laughs> wall as we record this thing. And it was so cool because I had a, a fellow announcer, Zach, and Zach announced St. Paul and the Broken Bones, but I got a chance to announce Doc Daly, which is a, a friend of mine. And then I got a chance to announce the shakes. And that video is now all across YouTube. Yeah. And that's so exciting. I mean, to see where there's those uh, guys and girls, a girl has uh, come, it's just absolutely amazing. We're talking Alabama Shakes, their muscle shows, Florence area. Yeah. And so it's a huge Birmingham, music. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Birmingham. Yeah. Huge. Birmingham, too. I mean, they kind of, that whole area, you know, mm-hmm. North Same Alabama. Same with St. Yeah. Paul. It's, running that, it's a huge music scene, but it's. 
it's kind of died, like I, I think, for a few years, but I feel like it's being revitalized. Oh, most definitely, because you got so many good bands coming out of Alabama right now. I mean, Alabama's doing great things as far as, as being a little more progressive of the southern states, because for years, Mississippi, Alabama always got kind of left behind. They were always, you know, five, ten years behind everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I think Alabama's doing, is making great strides at becoming one of those more progressive southern states, you know, kind of like maybe uh, what you would think about Georgia kind of being right now, you know, sure. or, or, or Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, some of the bands that are coming out of there, I mean, you, you, of course, got the shakes, but then you've got Doc Daly, who's doing his thing, one of my favorite songwriters ever. you got Adam Hood, who lives in Northport, but has been on the top of the uh, the Texas music charts, you know. Which is a wild a thing. Phenomenal songwriter writing stuff for Little Big Town and Josh Abbott Band and all this stuff. Then you've got bands like um, Lee Baines, uh, the third and the Glorifiers, who just put out their second record on Sub Pop Records, which to go back to that whole, that's where Nirvana got their start was on Sub Pop. You know, who else am I missing? I mean, there's so many Gold <laughs> uh, Monica. I mean, there's drive Black by Truckers. Ones. Yeah, Drive by Truckers. J- Jason Isbell. Jason Isbell. <clears throat> you know, and I think bands like like Alabama Shakes and Jason Isbell and and Drive by Truckers are kind of like the forerunners and supporting, you know, pushing out this Alabama music and this whole Southern thing. Sure. Because it's been done for years, you know, bands, mm-hmm. granted they were from Florida sing a song about Alabama, but like Leonard Skinner did it, you know, I mean, you mm-hmm. just, you got this, this surge that's happening right now and it's just so amazing to see. I mean, so. and then you run into them and they're normal folks just like yeah. you and me. There's no rock star attitude there because no. they're humble Southern folks, you yeah. know what I mean? And not to say that somebody from California that's in a small would would be that way or not, you know. Yeah. I'm not saying that, but. I mean, it's just like last show that we caught at the Sunstroke House. We had Pony Bradshaw. Pony Bradshaw. That dude's solid. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, after the show, we sit there in the living room and we just had a conversation, you know. Yeah. Just a normal guy. Yep. Yeah, last time he was in town, we went to the Princess Theater, historic uh, theater here in town. And we, we, we partied. And we did well, we didn't party. We just yeah. sat there and drank several beers and, right. and ate and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean, in, I guess you get that. It's, it's like that Southern charm that everybody always talks about the Southern gentleman, the Southern, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what it's called for females, Belle, maybe. I don't know. But you kind of right. get this, this humble attitude, you know, mm-hmm. and they appreciate more. And I mean, I experienced that a lot when I was working country radio. Because a lot of these people, they're from around these areas, you know. And and they're all as humble as they can be and appreciative, you know. And two, I think we kind of uh, have gotten to a point where there's not, there's only like a couple big major labels because there's a lot of umbrellas out there right now. And if they're on a smaller label, they tend, they're going to tend to probably pull back to be a little more humble because they appreciate where they've been. Not to say that Brad Paisley, I went to the movies with him, he's one of the coolest. Most stand-up dudes. Kenny Chesney, I've met him. He is one of the most stand-up people I've ever met. Thanked me for playing his music, and you're Kenny Chesney. You know what I mean? Right. So it's just, I don't know. I think the advent of social media and and how music is consumed these days, I think the artists are taking note, and they're appreciative of how they got there and who got them there a little more so than, I don't know, maybe say back in the 80s when things were a whole lot different. Right. With Soren and Sam and Pony. Just some of the latest artists that have been in the Sunstroke, it's all the same attitude. It's all the same words yeah. toward the Sunstroke house, which I think is a very special place. Oh, my goodness, It's yes. like, when we come here, this is our favorite place to play. Yeah. Why? Because everyone here is, they came here for the same reason. Yeah. To hear music. Exactly. They didn't come here to drink beer. They didn't come here to hang out. Yeah. They came here to hear us play. Yeah. And they're quiet and they listen. And that's, that's a point. I'm glad you brought that up because I remember being at uh, an undisclosed location in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. And one of, uh, one of the coolest new artists out right now is Coulter Wall. <clears throat> and Coulter played this show and people talked the entire time. It was so annoying. It was like at points the people talking were, more, were, were louder than Coulter was. And so when you go to a place like Sunstruck, the same thing happened when I went to see uh, John Moreland. He's playing acoustic with John yeah. Calvin Abney. He's playing acoustic. He's good and yeah. quiet, and people are talking the whole time to the point of where one patron, not myself, but he was like myself, yelled, shut up, you know, yeah. because... I didn't come here to hear you talk. Exactly. I we came, came here, here to, to hear, hear this music. I mean, why did you come to a show and want to sit there and talk? And at the Sunstroke house, 
I mean, you could hear a pin drop when the artist is not singing, you know? I mean, it's that quiet. They're there to listen. It's an artist showcase mm-hmm. where, you know, I guess you go to a normal bar where you go every night and there happens to be this guy up there playing yeah. acoustic. You're going to be like, oh, I'm just going to have me a good time, you know? Yeah. I mean, just, <laughs> I don't know. Well, so be it, but man, give him his time. Yeah, but Sunstroke, I mean, it, it, for a, a small town like Columbus, Mississippi, and I grew up here from about the age of four, I grew up in Columbus and there was nothing to do. I would have There's appreciated not. so much being 17, 18 years old, being able to go to a place like Sunstroke, you know, and just sit and hear music and hear a songwriter. And two, with Sunstroke, the, the, um, and there are a lot of house venues like that. There are. And there are a lot there of, are. there are a lot of, um, you know, bigger venues that are bars or whatever that cater to those kind of artists, um, or, or the acoustic sound that, um, that you're able to go and you're actually able to sit and listen to the words to the song and you're able to get the feel of it, you know, because a lot of times, especially with, like with Pony, I mean, the emotion comes through in his voice. I mean, that's one of the reasons, completely different voice from Pony, but that's one of the reasons I like Lucero is you're able to hear that in his voice when mm-hmm. he sings these songs, you're able to right. feel that emotion and you can in Sunstroke in these smaller rooms. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're filling you're filling this house with sound. I mean, everybody here is quiet. We're all doing our thing. Here's the artist. This is what we're here for. Yeah. And I, it's it's always the same conversation. Like, and I, I hope to keep bringing it up with these artists as they come by. It's like when we meet at the Sunstroke. It's like, tell me a little bit more about this. What? Like Columbus, Mississippi? Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you you want to come and play at Columbus? Yeah. Where are you going next? Yeah. And it always blows my mind that they're like, this is one of my favorite venues. Yeah. When they're talking about going to New Orleans next, yeah. they're talking about going to Nashville right. or, or Memphis or something. Yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, there's, I mean, that's a hundred seater. That's a two hundred seater, and like right here, it's like 50, forty, yeah, seventy, yeah, you know, exactly. Best, you yeah. Know? That's if we're cramming them in there. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, very appreciative to have something like that around. And I mean, these artists are too. I mean, because there's there's so much music out there that, you know, and, and I always heard, you know, being um, I won't call myself a musician growing up. I sang for punk bands, mm-hmm. and I played bass in a kind of punk band at one point. You know, yeah. That you can truly you truly know a great guitar player when they lose the electric, you know. And these are and granted, we got some shows coming up at Sunstroke. Um, yes. We got Sarah Shook and the Disarmers. We also have uh, Erica from Heartless Bastards. And so, I mean, that's February 24th, and then we have Sarah Shook on, on March, March 10th. 10th. Yep. I was like, these are bangers. Yeah, oh, definitely. And on top of that, these are musicians that and artists that people don't know a whole lot about. Yep. Like, it's hard to go somewhere and be like, hey, what about that last Sarah Shook song? Yeah. What are you going to hear back? Who? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. She's jam up, brother. Yeah. You got a lot of people in this town who have never been exposed to some of this music, but they're open because they know Sunstroke is a cool place sure. to listen to music, you mm-hmm. know? Right. So, like, March 10th when Sarah Shook comes, mm-hmm. going to blow the walls off that place. Full band show that night, not acoustic. Hey, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's so, not just Sarah Shook. We got the Disarmers. Yeah, we got stand-up bass involved that That's night. right. That's going to be so cool. But, you know, you think about last year. I mean, some of the, like, her, the way Jamie's doing things with Sunstroke House... And you've had Jamie on the show before. right? The way she's doing things, artists are coming to her now. Yeah. John Paul White of the Civil Wars came and played one of the most amazing shows yeah. I've ever seen in my life. And he's a Grammy winner. Oh, my gosh. Did he win a Grammy? I think two. He's an Alabama boy. He's a Florence there you native. Go. There you go. Yeah. And there we're back go. to the Alabama thing. It might be four. Actually, four Grammy. I mean, it's two or four. Well deserved with it, with his solo work, which I don't think he's won a Grammy. He's probably all with the Civil Wars, but yeah. well deserved. Exactly. I mean, yeah. cheers. I'll drink <laughs> to that. As we both take us a sip of this fine beer that we're uh, partaking in. Well, yeah, it's, and it's even like with uh, Erica from the Heartless Bastards. Yeah, that wasn't something that was lined up. That was something that was reached out to. Yep. And that just says a whole lot about what the Sunstroke House has going on right now. What the atmosphere and the experience that Jamie is bringing is like all these artists are walking away. Yeah. In the Sunstroke House, it builds rapport. Mm-hmm. And then all these artists are hearing about it be like, yeah, it's the best show I probably ever played. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was 50, 60, 40 people. Yeah. But they were all in tune, and they were there to hear me. 
It wasn't that we were out at some bar and I was just playing for money. They were there for the experience. And on top of that, I mean, after the show, just um, it, it was some of the greatest takeaways for me. Like the last show with Pony Bradshaw, like two of my friends who came up, yeah. huge Pony fans. Yeah. Reasons why? They called him in Birmingham opening up for Sesto. Yeah. And one of them happened to be at the bar when Pony walked up to grab a water. And he just started a conversation with mm -hmm. Pony. And uh, didn't have a clue who he was. It's like, hey, man, what's up? He said, I'm all right, man. Um, you ever heard of the opening band? I don't have a clue. I hope you like it. He got his water and he walked up on stage. Yeah, that's cool. He's like, <laughs> mind blown, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, I just sat and talked to the guy playing, and he was like, that was probably one of the best openers I ever saw. It was, it was clearly, you know, one of the best 30 minutes of my life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I had no idea what I was getting into, and not to mention, I just had a conversation with the guy. It was casual. Yeah. It was humility. You know, like, oh, you never heard of me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What do you you don't know who I am? Yeah. He didn't say that. Yeah. 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 And like for anybody who, who is listening, like from outside of Columbus, I mean, we need to explain that Sunstroke, this is a house. Yeah. It's a, it's a house and the room is probably, what do you say, about 20 by 20, 30 maybe, by 30? Maybe. And she just has bands come and play in her living room, essentially, and it yeah. is absolutely amazing. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of those around the country, as we talked about before, but um, I think it's definitely something that's kind of picking up. And I think artists are becoming uh, more aware of places like that. And it's a place that they know that they can go and they can showcase their artistry. They can showcase their songwriting mm -hmm. and feel comfortable in the room because nobody there is, you know, they're not there to hoot and holler and everything, you know? No, no I, I like the atmosphere that's brought because, like, let's just say the actual show started at 8 o'clock. You show up for 7, you're getting fed. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. not to mention, you're probably going to be eating next to somebody who's about to play. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. It's like there's... Oh, who are you? Well, um, I'm Pony Bradshaw. I'll be playing for you in about 30 minutes. You know, it's, yeah. it's that kind of camaraderie. It's like we're all just kind of in this house. We're hanging out. Exactly. Or Pony doesn't say anything. He just yeah. sits there and eats with you, and then he gets up and goes yeah. and plays, and yeah. you're like, oh, that's that dude. Yeah, I, just, <laughs> I literally just sat next to you. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, so many great experiences there, and I don't know, man. I mean, music these days, the way things are going, the independent world, even some of the bands that are signed to some of the major labels. I mean, it's exciting to me again, like we were talking about earlier. It's exciting to me again to feel that that want to um, experience something new and to, and to be excited when you hear something new is yeah. back for me, and I think it's back for a lot of people. It really is, man, and I get so sick of hearing it. Like, well, people my parents' age, they just don't make music like they used to. Yeah, they do. They, yes, they do. I mean, if you're a fan of Led Zeppelin stuff, I mean, listen to some Greta Van Fleet. Greta you Van know? Fleet I mean, is right there. Yeah, it's I mean, like, listen to the Struts. You're yeah. gonna love the Struts. You're gonna love the Jet. I mean, there yeah, are tons the of bands out there. By the way, we're at it is like with um, Greta Van Fleet, man. Uh, lead singer Josh Kiska went out with uh, got artists. the laryngitis. He got laryngitis. Yeah, and um, they had a show in Melbourne, and just like you said, guess who picked the gig up right when it had dropped? The Struts. Yep. What a better band. Yes. Oh, my gosh. One of the most amazing <laughs> live shows. And in my opinion, and you got to love a little attitude with your music, but in my opinion, the the Young and Dangerous record that they released last oh year. Oh, my goodness, man. A phenomenal record. And doing, literally, I've seen some like classic bands live. I've been on stage with some of the bands live. That's and unreal, to see dude. the Struts, oh, my gosh. I mean, I was, I was here I am, 44 years old. And I'm jumping up and down and dancing with friends like I'm at I'm a at an in sync show and I'm yeah. 16. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. So granted, yeah. now let me just for the record, I never went to an in sync show, in sync show ever. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Throw that out there. Never <laughs> was that there. was that the band that JT's in or was in? Yes, that he, is, he was that in in sync. Backstreet Boys is the other. Oh, okay. And well, see, I, I now like me. I'm, I'm not. I'm. I'm not gonna hate on Justin Timberlake. But I did not listen to NSYNC. But when Bringing Sex Sexy Back comes on the radio. <laughs> you will rock that, huh? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's out there for the world to hear now. I admitted it. I love me some JT. He's a cool dude. He's a Memphis boy, too. 
which yeah. I can appreciate. I like some Memphis music. I like what he does with Jimmy Fallon, man. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. That is one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen. The hashtag whatever. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I go back and watch that every couple months. I'm just feeling down. I'm all sad because somebody broke up with me. I'm like, oh, I got to go watch the hashtag. <laughs> yeah. Pull it up. Get it up. Oh my goodness. And that and that one video, I don't know if you, it was a vine, I think, of that little girl that's sitting on the beach and her mama, she's she's pissed off and her mama's like, well, what you going to do? She, I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to lay right here. And she's like, okay, good night. She's like, good night. And she lays down on the beach. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so anyway. I'm going to lay down. <laughs> We're going to try again tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why this. I feel like that every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, pretty much. You know, we get Thursday and Friday, I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> All right, so what we're going to focus on tonight is Alabama specifically. And there was a show that you call it Oz. Oz Music in Tuscaloosa, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, whenever St. Paul and the Broken Bones put out their first record, they did a record release show. And this was, you know, pre-Jimmy Fallon, pre- Every other big show they've ever done now. They mean Saturday Night Live, right. I think they've done. Oh, it was awesome because there was a point when I don't know the sound system if it was provided locally or what, but like he was like three or four songs into the, the show and the microphone went out. So he just like, when the band stopped playing the song they were playing, he was like, Look, here's what just happened. We're not going to worry about it. I want y'all to help me sing along and sing this song and then be, you know, when you can. Oh. You let me belt it out. And he stood on the edge of that stage and belted it out with no microphone. And the band kind of toned it down a little bit to sure. play. I mean, absolutely blew my mind. Yeah. I mean, the guy is is amazing. And he's a very humble fella. And to tell you what, as a fellow Alabama fan, he is named Paul William after Paul William Bear Bryant. So bro, bye, bro. <laughs> that's guy's name. We had a chance to hang out whenever I uh, emceed the show with the Shakes and, and Doc Daly and St. Paul, yeah. um, he and I had a chance to sit there and, and consume a beverage together and, and talk, and just a really uh, cool dude. He was, he was raised up, a really cool story, too. And, I mean, I guess, you, you, you know, everybody listening can, can go back and kind of investigate the story themselves. But he was raised up in a religious family, and he was only allowed to listen to religious music. So whenever he came to be a I mean, he, I guess, grew up singing gospel music, but then... He found this soul at one point in his life, just like Liz Brazier, I think. She kind of had sort of the same story. That's a good plug, man. Yeah. So, That's a good plug. Yeah. So, I mean, when, when uh, or even uh, Sarah Shook, she grew up only being able to listen to Christian music. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden, they found this new it's, style of music, like, just like I did. I mean, I grew up listening to whatever my parents played on the radio. Yeah. And then one day, Nirvana was there. Or, or Mud Honey or Green River or whoever, mm -hmm. and I was like, "What? Mind blown! This yeah. is my new favorite thing." Yes, yeah, one of my favorite songs from Weezer. It's called uh, "Heart Songs." Yeah, and uh, the line that he had put in it about Nirvana. Yeah, it like changed the landscape of music for me. Just as somebody who plays guitar, you know, not as uh, for making money, just as a hobby. Yeah, but yeah. he said that uh, when I heard that record with the baby naked on it. Yeah. It broke the it broke the chains I had on me. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, I couldn't have put it any better way because something changed dramatically, yeah. musically, like sure. radio altogether. When Nirvana with that mm -hmm. naked baby, never mind. Yeah, something changed, man. Oh, definitely. And I don't think you and I, and I mean, you're a lot younger, but but I don't I don't think in in our lifetime we'll ever experience a musical explosion like that one that happened whenever Nirvana and Soundgarden and Pearl Jam and all those bands, Alice in Chains, when they all hit the scene. We'll never experience anything like that in our lifetime. I but I mean, there, there, there will be those moments personally that you'll experience because I can, I can recall one specific story where my, the way I listened to music changed. Okay. I, was, I was listening to hair metal. We're talking late 80s sometime. Sure. I've got an older cousin, Dusty. He's like six or seven years older than I am. We're riding around in his little car one day, little whatever it was. We're riding around in his car, and we were listening to a cassette that I had let him borrow from uh, Vinny Vincent, yeah. who, in, who, who ended up being a replacement for Ace Freely and Kiss at one point. So Vinny Vincent Invasion was the name of his band. So we're listening to this record. I'm totally into it. Yeah. And I look in the console in between the seats, 
where mm-hmm. the where the uh, the little uh, emergency brake is. Right, 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 right. And I look in there, I see a cassette just laying there, no no case, no nothing. I just see the title of the record. And I'm like, oh, what in the world is that? We get back to his house, and I kid you not, we go inside. He gets the tape out, he gives it back to me, and he's like, I really like that tape, that Vinnie Vincent tape. Do I have anything that you want to trade for it? And I said, man, you know what? I said, I, 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 my curiosity was there. So I was like, yeah, man, you had a tape laying in your console. I mean, I'll trade you for that. He was like, oh, hell yeah, sure. So I go back out to his car and I get out. Never mind the bollocks. Here's the sex pistols. And my world and the way I listen to music, the way I experience life changed yeah. when I listened to Never Mind the Bollocks, Here's the Sex Pistols. I had never heard punk rock at that point. Yeah. I mean, the record was released in what, 1979, 1978? Sure. So maybe earlier than that, 77? Yeah. And I was completely blown away. So punk rock consumed my world from that point on. And that's kind of running back to the point that I was making earlier. Whenever Nirvana hit, it wasn't that different for us because we had been listening to punk rock for years, yeah. Circle Jerks and Dead Kennedys and all it had those been bands. around. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you just had a band that was a little more rock and roll than punk rock, you yeah. know? But they still had the same attitude. They still felt the same about life and politics and the world and everything. And so sure. something you could agree in. They had this. And at that point, they took the, the German word for fear, angst, and made it angst. And it became like a thing. And so you had this angst behind it that all of us kind of... Um, Attached it was, it was, to. Yeah, it's all what we felt because we were long-haired kids going to school in Columbus, Mississippi. And we had had no voice at that point. And that all was of a sudden, the voice. And everybody was going... You probably listen to Nirvana, don't you? And they're like, hell yeah, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I was listening to Nirvana before they broke, but I mean, it yeah. was cool to see them on MTV, you know? Yeah. Actually, I, I will I will go back and say that. I had not heard or did not remember hearing Nirvana before that point, but some of the bands that came out, you know, after that, like Mud Honey and Soundgarden, I'd heard of. So mm-hmm. maybe not Soundgarden, but Mud Honey for sure. <laughs> Plug to Mark Arm and Mud Honey, who are like a fucking brilliant band, so... There you go. <laughs> all, right, all right. I mean, just while we're off on that discussion, man, it's just like um, waking up before you go to school back in them high school days. I remember waking up. This was MTV back when MTV played music. And I was alive <laughs> long enough to experience well, that. It was actually music television. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like MTV was MTV. Yeah. And I remember waking up before school and like seeing like taking back Sunday and taking that microphone and throwing it. Yeah. Going around the neck and seeing those old Nirvana videos and like that's when music grabbed me. Yeah. And say, I mean, we get it today, but we get it on YouTube and we get it on these Napster and Napster's gone now, but sure. like Napster started it, if you wanna be honest. Yeah. Y- yeah, I mean they started the, the music consumption, but you know, now the way things are going, the artists and granted you know, when you go to Spotify and Panda, they don't pay Mm-mm. what they probably should pay the artists for they their really for their should. music. But I mean, they pay a lot more than Napster ever did because Napster never paid them shit. You know, <laughs> so right. I mean, now they're at least making a little something, something. But um, um, you were talking about taking back Sunday. Yeah. I'm just gonna bring this up and completely change. Did you know they just put out a record called Twenty? Yes. Do you know why they put it out? Why no. it's called Twenty? No. The band is officially twenty years old now. That's perfect. <laughs> They've been around for 20 years. That's perfect. That's crazy. Well, I used That's to play like, cute without the E on the radio. You know, they, that whatever record that was, I don't know. That, that was... Um, one of their first ones, or if not their first one. Yeah, I mean, we used to play that on Indies Only when it first started, before, when it was on Z100, before yeah. it came to Alt 1017. Yeah. Yeah, kind of crazy to think. I mean, 20 years, you know. That is, man. <laughs> I want to say that was with the, uh, with the naked baby reaching out on that dirt road. I can't think of the name of that album right now, but I, I think it was I that album. I think that was that record, yes, yes. I do not remember the name of it either, yeah. <laughs> but I think it was yeah, that I think one. it was out on Victory Records. Yeah. Crazy that I remember record labels. My mother always told me when I was a kid, she was like, if you knew your schoolwork like you know music, you'd have graduated when you were 12, you know? <laughs> I mean, because, I, I mean, I could like, you You talk to me, you, you put you put a, a government document in front of me, and I have a, I have a high IQ, and when I had it tested, it was one like in the top 
10 percentile in the nation. But if sure. you put a government document in front of me, I become a damn three-year-old. I don't know what I'm looking at. You might as well have given me yeah. something written in another language, you know. Yeah. But when it comes to music, I can recall bands. I can recall the, who the damn drummer was, who produced it, you know, who the producer's brother was. I mean, yeah. it's just absolutely yeah. amazing the, the pull that music has on you. You know, I mean, I'm, is, I'm thankful that I've always had a love for music because I've known people in my life, like my great-grandmother. She wasn't a music listener. Yeah. You know, granted, they didn't have music like, you mean, you, you didn't have so many artists um, and, and like you have now. And that goes back to that, that thing that we were talking about. We don't have music like we used to. <laughs> Bull crap. Yeah, yeah. We got a lot Bull of Bull crap. And you think, I mean, if, if we don't, we don't you, you, you could say we don't have music like Nirvana. Yeah, you can right? say you that. Don't we have, won't you, recreate that. But you've got bands that were influenced by Nirvana. A damn thousand of them. Yeah. And probably more than that, probably millions of them influenced by Nirvana, you know. Just go back and start start researching, you know. I mean, that's what I tell everybody. That, I mean, just like you asked me earlier, how do I how do I find this new music? Granted, I work in radio, so I have a lot of independent, you know, uh, promoters sending me stuff. Sure. But I seek it out because, I mean, I'm, I want to hear the next big thing. I want yeah. to hear it before. And I want to say, because, shit, you think about the first concert I ever saw. 1985-86 I saw Bon Jovi was the first concert I ever saw but I say this they opened up for Rat so I saw Bon Jovi before the the New Jersey record yeah I saw I went I remember going to yeah. um and I'm totally dating myself right now but I've already told you that I'm 44 but <laughs> I remember going and I remember this specific date November 11th 1986 because Nikki Six included it in the Heroin Diaries which is one of the most there spectacular reads yes, I've ever it had is. well he I, I went to see them in Birmingham November 11th 1986 as a Motley Crue fan and on the ticket, it said with special guest Guns N' Roses. And everybody was like, who the hell is Guns N' Roses? I left there with a damn Appetite for Destruction t-shirt. <laughs> I totally yeah, came prepared. You, you couldn't get away I was like, it. oh my gosh, this band blew me away. But that was back in 1986. I, what he's doing now, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Chinese Democracy 18, I don't know. I mean, there's talk of something that's kind of crazy. But, you know, yeah. I mean, mad respect for that guy when they first started out. All of those guys. So yeah. And just just back to Alabama, just for a second. Okay. Is man, when, when I was getting ready to do the podcast, and when I when we were sitting on the porch and just talking with friends and like just getting this thing going, I was like, you know, I think this this will turn into a podcast. Yeah. And one of the first things they talked about was while we were talking on the porch. You know, we had a guitar handy or a piano, we'd play music and be like, do you know this cat in Vernon? And there's also a cat in Selligent. That is responsible for if heaven ain't a lot like Dixie. Hmm. And I was like, that's right down the road. Yeah. And there's, was, there's Cat and Vernon responsible. Dan Penn, he's responsible for a lot of stuff. That's the guy. Yeah. Dan yeah. Penn, that's yeah. the cat. Yeah. That's my, the my cat. My uncle goes to Max's Fried Chicken and sees Dan Penn all the time. Yeah. Every time I went with him on his work crew, we never saw Dan that, Penn. So yeah, I was like, I'd yeah. love to meet Dan Penn. Yeah, and that's what the, yeah. that's what the thing is. Like, yeah. I've been going to Vernon just for that purpose. Of, I was like, can I yeah. run into Dan? Yeah. And you know, and it's like, there is so much music here in this state. And not just Alabama, it's Mississippi too. I do, you know, we work in Mississippi as well and all this and that, but... Man, it's just this area. I think there needs to be a lot of exposure for what's going on because there's a lot of great things going on. Sure. And so, before we drop off into uh, the untapped, Blackmouth Kerr. Um, yes. They're out of Mobile. Um, you'll hear them later. That'll be the end of the show. They're going to play uh, Take Me There. This is their uh, record cut. That'll be what you hear at the end of the show. But this is a band from Mobile. I personally know the drummer. He was a drummer in an old band of mine. And I'm excited about what they're doing. And I, I'm excited to hear what you're going to say about the track. I mean, it's, it's, it's got a great sound to it. It's, it's very clean. And, I mean, I plan to play it on Indies Only. I mean, I think it'll fit perfectly. I mean, it's, that's go. the way the world of alternative is leaning, is that whole sound right there. It's got, it's got a little funk to it. It does. You know, it's got a kind of a... It does. Kind of a, a rockin' Maroon 5 vibe to it, you know? It really does, man. And, like, when I shared it with a friend earlier before I came over here, yeah. like we talk music all the time, and I was like, I want you to hear this. 
and I shared it. And right when it opened up, he just kind of looked at me. I, was, hmm. I wonder where he's going to go. Yeah. When that funky guitar hits, though, you kind yeah, of all of a sudden it, you it, just kind of pick it, up it, and go, oh, it yeah. It comes oh, in yeah. real slow, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes in slow, and there it is, and like the verse builds, and it's a bit of a break. But when the chorus hits, that's where I really hit it. Yeah. And that's when I'm into it. Yeah. It takes about 45 seconds to a minute to get there, but... Well, I think I got there. I just, I, I, I thought, I thought, where's it going? It was yeah. like a little anticipation built up. And it's there like, was. All, right, all right, what are we doing? What are we doing? Come yeah. on, there you go. And all of a sudden, he hits the funk stuff. And I was like, all right, I'm yeah, in. I'm there. I'm good. I'm there. Yeah. Take me there. Yeah, I just yeah. got there. Yeah. I'm yeah. here, brother. Where are we going? <laughs> and, and that was this thing. He's like, I've had a hard time, like, when I think about this music, is like, <sighs> I think they captured a lot of different genres well. And yeah. I was like, you know what? Maybe so, because like, he's like, let me tell you this. It's like, first look, it's 2019. And it sounds like something that would probably be played at a 70s skate ring. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. at the same time, I was like, well, it ain't so far-fetched to say something that wouldn't be played at a 2000 skate ring either. Sure, sure. And I was like, so I think there's something there for everyone. And I'm not saying that this is going to be a track that, oh, you're just going to love it. Yeah. You're just going to fall in love with it. Yeah. You know, because like, and even then, like, I've I've heard it five times now. And trying to relate it to other artists, I can't. Yeah. I can't do it. Black Mouth Curve. And it's it's funny, like, pulling up them on Spotify and, like, pulling them up on YouTube and, like, see what's suggested because you get so many different suggestions because... None of them hit the mark. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of, like I said, I mean, I'll go with a, a Rock and Maroon 5 kind of vibe, you know. Maybe not as um, as as sexy, I guess. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not they're not trying to appeal, I think, in, in that way. I don't think so. They're more so. just showing off their musicianship and, and their songwriting skills, you know, more it, so than showing off their front man. Yeah. And, you know? Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, I was telling you, it's like, I'm very familiar with the drummer. He used to be my drummer. Yeah. And, like, his influence is Neil Peart, so he's a Rush fan. And yeah. so by that, I would say that he's a Tool I mean, that's fan. That's a solid influence there, you know, drummer, for and, sure. And, like, with Neil Peart and Tool and all that, well, he's very this yeah. way. Probably Primus, too. He probably likes uh, exactly. yeah. Along that Herb line. or whatever his name is. Exactly. Yeah. And so we see how he lines up. And, like, when you listen to the drum track, you'll be like, I get it. Yeah, yeah. And that is actually my favorite part about the song is like his drums. Mm-hmm. Is, but but the other guy, I'm not familiar. I, I met the singer. I was at his wedding. Guys, you weren't the best man or something, were you? Hell okay. No. <laughs> I, was, like, I don't remember his name, I, but like, man, I was so drunk. I was his no, best man. No, hell no. I was a groomsman. No, it was, um, he was marrying my ex-wife's friend and we were there at the yeah. wedding. And like I met him, we shook hands and like we both knew that we'd done music and it was just kind of an exchange. Yeah. But I'm not familiar with the other two cats. And so I was yeah. curious, like, when I saw Black Mouth Kerr, this was right when I was leaving Mobile, when I saw them start playing out. Because I had seen Garrett, because I had played bass in a country band that he had played in. It was uh, Cam Lewis and the Live Oaks. Yeah. I had played bass with them once. And he had played with that band, too. And so I was curious, because I knew he could sing, and I also knew he could play guitar. And I was like, I don't think he's a country guy. Yeah. And I'm not either. I was just playing in the country band just to, you know, to play. Yeah, sure. And um, I was like, I wonder where to go. And I hear the singing. I'm like, well, I, w- I wonder what's next because I haven't heard Corey, who's a drummer, I haven't heard his expression. And I don't know what these other two cats bring. Like I said, they're from Pensacola. Yeah. And I'm curious to see what the rest of the album looks yeah. like. Yeah, oh, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that, all together... As musicians, and to make a good sound, I think it mixes you well. Know? So yeah, yeah, so, and like that was the thing. It's like, does it mix it with the seventies, or is like what you're talking about with the two thousands? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you think you just listen to it for what yeah. it is. You know, you hear it for what it is. You take the take the lyrics, you take the musicianship, and you know, just it is yeah. what it is. It's 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 Black Mouth Curve. So we're gonna talk beer now. Beer only. Gosh, I could talk beer. And so, hey, by the way. Shout out to Better Brands. Thank y'all so much for the Ghost Machine. Oh my gosh! Our it, ghost in the Machine. If we've slurred it all, it's it's because of it's your Ghost in the Machine. Ghost in the Machine from Parish Brewing Company. 
when this came out, actually when Parrish first came out, the first beer I ever had from there was a beer called Bloom. If you ever get a chance to try Bloom, oh my gosh. Do it. Oh my gosh. It is absolutely fantastic. But if you're a, a lover of the IPA like I am, uh, Ghost in the Machine, solid. I mean, there's a lot of like, I'm sure Citra Hops, it's a hazy IPA, but there's a lot of Citra Hops in here. It's very floral. It's like a kick of flowers in your mouth. So yeah. if you ain't into that, you ain't go, but dang, you got to at least try it. I'm not an IPA guy. Folks, and you um, are tonight. I am brother. tonight. I am tonight, and I have been stuck on this. As a matter of <laughs> fact, Ghost, <laughs> Ghost in the Machine has really led me on to other IPAs. Like I think it's a good introduction to more stouter beer because yeah. I, I think it's because of that flowery, sure, like, kind yeah. of lighter. It's kind of fruity, kind of citrus. That's what I love, and I mean, I'll go ahead and say this to everybody: when when you drink a good floral IPA, like you know how like when you go and you eat some chili. Yeah. And it comes back on you later on, you belch or something, you know, you're like, oh my it's gosh, that was, that was horrible. Man, an IPA burp is good. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. The advertise is amazing. <laughs> so it's like, oh, there it is again. Oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> I missed you. Exactly. It makes me want another one. We're out. No. Oh, I love it. We're out. We I, love, I mean, I'm the same with, I mean, I guess I'm just, uh, you know, uh, craft beers. I mean, I'm, I'm that way with porters you know i'm sure. that way with uh russian imperial stouts is my yeah. favorite style of beer i do love the ipas but russian imperial stout and those are usually one-offs and they're usually hard to find and they're usually only around for a certain time because i'm not i'm not a believer in drinking beers certain beers at certain times of the year sure i'll drink a porter in damn august by the pool i don't care because yeah. i just love beer i want the flavor in my mouth you know yeah i don't want some you know nasty dry weak nothing i want some beer i want overpowered flavor you know and i'm not like the kind of person that spices my food you know um so it's not like my taste buds are all screwed up or whatever from years of oh no, no whatever no, i've no, done no, no, but no, no. no i just i love a beer with some flavor to it yeah. you know and especially i mean you look at something like ghost of the machine 8.5 Got a little kick to it. It really does. It's you got know? a slur a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I'm. Yeah, I mean, this is a solid beer. It's one of my favorite beers that's yeah. out right now. I mean, I've got a lot of favorite beers out right now, but this right here, I'd put in my top, my top five for sure. Absolutely. And like we were bouncing around this question earlier, it's like if we were stuck on an island All right. and you only had one beer to pick. What would that be? One beer be? to pick. And I mean, this is this not a slide on the ghost in the machine because if that's what I was left with, I would be a very happy camper. But I think my favorite beer, and again, we go back to the fact that I like the Russian Imperial Stouts. I would say the Leica from Straight to Ale out of Huntsville. Okay. But they now you can get the normal Leica, you can get the bourbon barrels, but I like the Leica aged in Cabernet barrels. Ooh. We're getting specific. Here. I mean, it is it is boozy, but it is uh, just the. Ta- I think the Cabernet barrels gives it that little bit of sweetness. It is a one of is the most solid beer I've ever had in my life. When I see that out on the shelves, I don't care if you got it marked up to thirty four dollars. I'm gonna buy a bottle or two of it because it is that. There you good. go. It is, and that's what if I was on a deserted island and no slight against all the the brewery people that I know and love and that make great fantastic beer. Right. Because I don't know nobody that works for Straight Dale, so this is not like a paid advertisement. Yeah, no, I'm not advertising here. Now, I asked you that question when we were out on the porch yeah. a little earlier. What would your beer be? Ghost in the Machine? It is. It is right now. Yeah. Because, like, man, I, and that was the story I was telling you, like, when, um, back during Iron Bow. Yep. It was the first time I had ever been to Lusa. Yeah. Lusa Brews, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. That's right. Plugging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not was, a paid advertisement, but it should no, be. No, 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 no. It's, <laughs> right, it's not. But he was like, hey, you ever been to this bar? No. They got a lot of craft beers. You can really delve into whatever you think you want to delve into, whatever you want to try. And we went there, dude, and we pre-gamed. Like I was telling you, dude, I, I walked out there like $36. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like... Like you were saying, it's like I don't ever think I walked out of there without spending fifty bucks. You know, yeah, what I'm saying? exactly. How can you? You got to stock up your fridge, right? Your beer cooler, yeah, right. And so, like, just trying a lot of different ales and all this and that. And I was like, man, right now, my favorite beer is Ghost in the Machine. Yeah, not just to 
plug better brands now. Like really, I said, it's in my top five. And I'm really excited about what they're doing. But Ghost in the Machine, it probably is my favorite beer. Yeah. I can't I can't stop talking about it. Like yeah. I've got a beer set out, like we walked I walked in with a seven packed. Yeah. Purposely. Yeah. I have one beer set up <laughs> that, that ain't gonna be drunk. Just because I told a co worker I was wondering how it didn't even out. <laughs> yeah. Right. Good call. Yeah. Because I had a coworker. I was telling him, I was like, you have got to try this. Yeah, definitely. Because it's not in Columbus yet. And that's another thing is like, when we say ghost in the machine, don't be surprised when you don't see it in the stores right now. Yeah. Because it's, it's like just in this area, I don't know where you are, but we're in the Golden Triangle of Mississippi. This is uh, Columbus, Starville, West Point. Starville, I can comment on where you are, but in West Point, there's only one place. Yeah. Columbus, it, it ain't even offered. And, and it's in Tupelo altogether. Yeah. And so I don't know where else it is. So Ghost in the Machine is really new. And by the way, the concept yeah. art on the bottle. So it's, it's a kind of a really crazy looking killer skull. And the brain is, is has hops in it. And then it's got like a, I guess what you would maybe call like a bullet coming or yeah, like with a fragments coming out of the head. Yeah, it's a gunshot coming out maybe. But it's know. all hops. Yeah, it really coming is. out of his head. So kind of crazy, but um, I mean, I'm sure the uh, the distributors doing everything they can do to get this beer all over the state of Mississippi because it's solid, man. It, it really is one of the most fantastic hazy IPAs. The I would say hazy IPAs the most fantastic. Like I say, hazy I mean, like, well, me and you sitting down talking is like saying you're an IPA guy. I was like, man. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not really an IPA guy, but I can drink this. Yeah. No, you, there's a lot more. I could turn you on to some IPA. Yeah, I'm just I'm a beer guy. I want the flavor like we talked yeah. about earlier. Just to plug Tuscaloosa, Tuscaloosa guys, row tide. But, um, man, Druid City Brewery. Druid City Brewing Company, With yep. their porter. That, that's the main thing, like, me and you have both had. And, like, I told you what, what I thought about it. It's like, first time I had it, I was like, yeah. Yeah. But then I had it again. I was like, yeah. Yeah. It had to sit in on me. So, like, just it, it's to- an award winning uh, uh, porter. It's a coffee porter. You know, and, and I told you the story about the one time they bottled it, and I got my hands on two bottles of it. So, I took it back to the house, and I thought I was drinking one one day, and I was like, you know what? I got another glass left in that, that bottle because it's a 22 uh, ounce bomber. So, I said, you know, I'm going to pour that over some ice cream. Poured it over some ice cream. Absolutely blew my mind. And then I talked with, with uh, Elliot, who co-owns the brewery with Bo. And yeah. Elliot, Elliot tells me, like, hey, man, just get you a half a shot of bourbon and pour over that, and it kills the bitterness. Oh, my goodness. Mind absolutely <laughs> blown. So I'm into, like, you want to talk about getting a root beer float? No, I want a porter float. That's right. So <laughs> a folks, north porter so float. So folks in the Tuscaloosa area, if you're listening. Yeah. Go get yourself some Druid City Porter. That's it, the North Porter. Yeah, go get you some of that and throw it on some ice cream and throw you a half a shot of whiskey up in that stuff. That's it, right. It's going to sit right and on you. And you know how to get it, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Why, bro? It's been another episode of Porch Talk. I appreciate you sitting in, Monk. Man, I appreciate you having me on, man. It's been yeah, fun. Bro. It's been cool to be interviewed instead of interview somebody. Yeah, yeah I've, I've never had that done before. I'm, I'm all good. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, brother. All right, till next time. Peace. All right, to wrap this show up, here is Blackmouth Kerr with their single, Take Me There. They're going out on tour this summer. I think it's kind of a Gulf Coast thing. I had to check back in with the guys to make sure, but I know they play a mobile on the regular. So anyway, without further ado, Blackmouth Kerr. I'm something, always something, I want nothing, used to tell me that you love it, I feel the same, spending time on my mind, just chasing a feeling, can you feel it, cause when you tell me that you love it, I feel the same. Oh,
credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.